0: This is a Wild 8th Production You're listening to the Old School News Podcast. Old Blues Podcast. This is episode number three. I'm Vin, sitting alongside Eric Tinka. Hello, hello, hello. And we're back with another exciting episode. So we're two episodes. This is the third episode in. We're growing strong, waiting for some reviews on iTunes. So if some people get out there and maybe give us a review or two so people know how well we're doing or give us some feedback on iTunes, we'd appreciate that. Head over to iTunes, pop in Old School Blues Podcast, rate us some stars, and write down a little blurb. blurb, blurb. What do you say, Eric?
1: Come on, you're out there. I know. I know you people read the blog. You know that I, when you put out a podcast, mm-hmm. I mention it. So if you can't say it, you don't know about it. Please, feedback. We thrive on it. It's 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 our food.
0: Yeah, it's our. So we're starving right now.
1: Well, I mean, I could probably afford to starve for a while and and still live off my fat, but that's besides the point. <laughs>
0: Oh man, so uh I guess uh the number one question I've been getting emails about for us, Eric, and and you're the actual expert on this, so before Oh we... no, no,
1: no, not an expert. Not no, an no, expert.
0: this has nothing really to really do with gaming itself, but uh, Oh okay. We, we keep getting this. Well first of all, uh old school podcast at DGS Texas dot com. That's D G S Texas dot com Old School Podcast. And we're located at DGS Texas dot com is our website. But uh, we get keep getting some emails like, uh, uh, you have any pointers for running a successful kickstart for an old school project? And I'm just like, hmm. I know Eric critiques a lot of kickstarters and has some good opinions to help people. Okay. So let me throw that at you, Eric.
1: Now, this is specifically, well, or, or any kind of gaming Kickstarter. I think the,
0: uh, the emails specifically are related to old school things. So, like, right. for example, uh, say you're Sword and Wizard light that you're working on. Right. Uh, say you decide to do a Kickstarter. What are like the four top things that you have always looked at and went ha, if I can only do this type thing to give those people a little tip?
1: Well, I'll, I'll start out with this. If I ever decide to do a Kickstarter, you better put me on suicide watch because <sighs> i no. But in any case, in all that being said, whatever you're doing, whatever project you are planning, please, I beg of you, have it written first. I'm not saying you necessarily have to have your art assets in place, although you probably should have an idea of who you're going to use and the size of the pieces as you do your layout. But you have to have it written. The core product that you're presenting to people should Be written, right? Some people just pitch an idea, and uh, I want to call out one project, Far West, which funded five years ago, and as at the end of this year, will be five years late. Whoa! Uh, And it's still supposedly in layout, being written, whatever. Obviously, it wasn't written prior, and whatever happened in the meantime, life. Uh, tends to give you curveballs. So at least if you have it written before you go live, that's one less curveball that life can throw
0: at you. So you're saying that most of these people that do Kickstarters are like, hey, I got this great idea, but don't even have anything on paper.
1: Well, I'm not saying that most of them, but I'm saying that there is a substantial number that don't have their product at least ready in a draft form. At least it should be... In a draft, maybe not edited, uh, maybe you still have some concepts that you want to add or, or try out, but you should have something that if one of your backers said, hey, can I see what you got? You have something. Kevin Crawford is a perfect example of how to do a proper gaming Kickstarter. You back his pro- uh, any of his projects, the moment you back it, you, you get a link to download the current document in PDF. So that, you know what you got. Is that the guy you you from, know what you're uh,
0: for. Fat Dragon.
1: Uh. uh, Kevin Crawford is um, God. Uh, with red with the Red Tide supplement.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. Oh, what's that guy that gentleman's name from uh, Fat Dragon? I can't think of his name. Really cool uh, dude. Uh,
1: Tom uh, Tullis.
0: Is that what it is? The one we interviewed at the North Texas RPG Con.
1: It could be, uh, I think it's Tom Tullis. Fat Dragon does, um, if if you want inexpensive um, terrain, uh, cities, dungeons to use on your table, actual tabletop, I mostly do virtual, but yeah. if you want physical stuff that isn't going to set you back, uh, like other stuff like Dwarven Forge and the like, or Legendary Realms also puts out products... Um, if you want something that you can just collapse, I and mean, if can you go, you know, print it out uh, at home on uh, slightly thicker paper, almost like uh, I don't know what 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 weight. But if you're going to do something on thicker paper, this stuff is an excellent, inexpensive solution to your gaming terrain. Fat Dragon is awesome, but for every company that has an awesome track record, you also have up and comers who haven't done it before. So there's another suggestion I'm going to make. Before you do your $40,000 Kickstarter, uh, do a $4,000 Kickstarter, something small, something that you can get out there, learn the pros and cons, learn the, the problems you can run into, and build yourself a track record so people can say, oh, well, at least so-and-so has done a prior project. Look at that. It, it actually... Uh, gotten into the backers hands on time and people seem to be happy with it you, people are more likely to figure alright maybe I'll put a few bucks in your hands on your larger project if you have something behind you
0: hmm. and um, do you have any kickstarters you can recommend for people to look at right now that are currently going on uh, that you can think of off the top of your head
1: Uh, off the top of my head, sure. Uh, there's a new printing of swords and wizardry. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, it's a new, it's, it's a new cover. It's a new art. Um, I will say the internal art looks really good. You can back it for a buck. Not only do you get the PDF, but you also get, uh, a PDF adventure for free. So for a dollar, you're doing pretty well on that. Um, trying to think, uh, what else? Uh, I mentioned, when we're talking about Terrain, we're talking about, yeah. uh, well, uh, Legendary Realms, who's also a game store out in uh, Plainview, Long Island, has an Ice Caverns and Terrains Kickstarter that's uh, up right now. I actually have it open on my uh, computer screen. I do like the, uh, the look of the ice. That's actually yeah, something that's fairly unique. Wouldn't, I wouldn't mind putting some uh, money behind that. Trust me now that I'm actually gaming in person. Oh, my God. Two questions now.
0: I lived in Long Island for 20-something years of my life, and there was only one, no, maybe one gaming shop in the immediate area where I lived, and the next thing was over going towards Queens. Right. And now there's, like, five, six, seven gaming shops. It's
1: a beautiful thing. Uh, The only problem with me getting out to uh, Legendary Realms when I first did this three weeks ago... Was the fact that coming from Queens and accidents on the Long Island Expressway, the yeah. Grand Central, yeah. and Northern State Parkway, meant that what would have been at that time of day, late afternoon, probably an hour and fifteen minutes, came at two hours.
0: Ah, yeah. I don't know if you remember um, how far back you go. Do you remember Waterloo? That was a big place on Long Island.
1: I remember. It. I never got to it. I probably because uh, in my Early in mid twenties, I didn't have a driver's license because I, I, lived in the city. It wasn't really yeah. necessary.
0: A lot of people did that. They lived in the city and said, "I don't need a driver's license at all."
1: Yeah, but then if you want to go anywhere outside the city, you go. Oh, damn! I
0: do need a driver's license. Oh, yeah, you kind of do. But well, I understand that you don't really need a car in Manhattan or, or near anywhere. The most of the boroughs, you don't even need. It. You just take the subway or the train or whatever you need to do, or the bus.
1: Well, that's the whole problem. is like where I am in Queens, it's great because we're close to buses and uh, one of the subway lines. Yeah. But if you go out to places like Whitestone and uh, College Point, you might as well be out in Long Island because mm-hmm. all you can have is buses and a bus to a bus to a bus to yeah. a train. You could be commuting your whole day away.
0: Yeah, especially if you're Long Island Long Island Railroad. I mean, pff, forget. Oh yeah, if
1: you miss the Long Island Railroad, it's like, oh, and my next train is in. 32 and a half minutes. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, yeah, you need a car. Too bad. All right, cool. Uh, So there's some information about Kickstarters. You're pretty much going to have to do your own research on Kickstarters. There's not a lot that we can basically tell you than the basics. I mean, Eric has seen a lot (laughs) and given a lot.
1: I'll give one other hint down for the Kickstarters, which I think is pretty important. Uh, When you do these Kickstarters, I I know the importance of stretch goals because it makes people excited and they keep coming back. And they're like, oh, wow, if we raise another $1,500, we get another 15, 16 pages of
0: adventure in a book. Doesn't that kill a lot of Kickstarters, though? That whole stretch goal thing? Well,
1: there's a way to Smart money is that if you're going to do a stretch goal, first off, uh, (coughs) mugs, uh, T-shirts, uh, miniatures, these have all been to death as many fun funded Kickstarter.
0: Something that's simple and easy to create, that that's right. kind of cool for the person who wants to get help with the stretch goals. I got it, okay.
1: Right, so what, those things <coughs> uh, can can kill you because uh, it's, a, it's a monetary output for this stuff. What you should do, my opinion, is right. that if you're going to offer extra stuff, you should be offering PDFs. You want an extra adventure, an extra you know, twelve-page events you're gonna throw in. Make it a PDF. It's it's gonna cost you time and effort to to put it together, but your cash outlay isn't there, so you're not hurting that bottom line. Especially if you already have art assets and you can do your own layout or whatever.
0: Yeah, I guess that's probably the best thing. I mean, people want, especially if it's an old-school product. I know a lot of people want that uh, physical product in your hand. But I, honestly, what does it matter at this point? Just well, p- yeah, well, you can always make it. Well, if
1: it's in PDF, it's it starts go for free, or you can raise your pledge by five dollars. You know, get it in print, make it an option for the person who's backing, but don't put that cost on the actual producer because you start eating up your margin. And then once once your margin goes negative, that's when you go, oh crap, I can't ship this stuff because I don't have money left. Myth and magic, I'm talking
0: about you or how about uh the big infamous uh it was that dwimmer mount uh project uh D- dwimmer mount well that went south because
1: uh, the the creator basically had came to a uh he he had a family uh, an, an, imp- an impasse let's let's say in producing it and his notes had to get forwarded on to others who had to complete that project.
0: I think the impasse had to do with the death in the family, to be honest, and it maybe soured him doing anything to do with gaming after that.
1: It's quite possible. There's there's a lot of Kickstarters that have issues like that. You know, so... Yeah,
0: make sure if you do videos and stuff like that that you take the time to actually look presentable in those videos, too, (laughs) because...
1: Yeah, I know you're you, making me laugh because you know what I'm thinking about,
0: right? Yeah, we're thinking about the dude sitting on his couch with his socks, uh, <laughs> no shoes on. He's wearing, he's dressed up in t-shirt and I guess, I think it was shorts and he's just wearing his socks. Yeah, up no on shoes. the table. Yeah. Right,
1: he looks real relaxed and you get to see his dirty socks. It was not, not a good, yeah, not a good piece.
0: Yeah, pledge now and you get a pair of dirty socks.
1: <laughs> I have plenty of these, I huh? I only wear them for three days before changing. But, uh, yeah, this presentation is an awful... It's like it's like in real life. If you're going out on a first date, you don't want to look like crap. Well, you know what? Your Kickstarter is your first date with people that are going to be looking at your product. Your product shouldn't look like crap. It should, your Kickstarter page should read well. Uh, avoid run-on sentences, spelling and grammar mistakes. Have somebody proofread it least one, and if they're not a professional proofreader, at least two, because huh. uh, I know somebody goes to it, and you're, the, you're seeing the spellings, now, you, the thing is, you put that, I, well, I only put it up, it took me like an hour to put it up, I wanted to get up real quick, because I'm all excited about my project, but if you can't put together a proper presentation on your Kickstarter page, why should I put money in your hands? Why should I say, you want my $25? You can't even spell... You can't even write, and I think the product that you're going to put together is going to be any better than
0: this? No. Well, and you
1: only have one shot.
0: Well, I promise That's I'll have first... spell check on, Eric, when I do the final product. <laughs>
1: spell, spell check is great. <laughs> you still have... Listen, it, it's the English language. Yeah. How many words? It's like, oh, well. Uh, you know, we have so many words that that are spelled differently but sound the same, and I am guilty for doing this myself a lot of times. Oh, well, yeah. And the whole thing between it and the possessive of it, as opposed to the abbreviation of it uh, is, I still don't understand it. But if I was putting together a Kickstarter page, I'd make sure I did it right. But if well, somebody's gonna look at that and see that as a failure.
0: There's actually a new program that I, I saw that you can actually attach to uh, Safari you know, on my Mac. I don't know if you could do it for other ones. I know for Safari, but it's called Grammarly. <laughs> and it actually, you have to pay for it. I, didn't, I wasn't going to pay for it. So I just demoed it just to see, and I typed a bunch of stuff. And it's amazing how much grammatically correct sentences I can do <laughs> just by oh. typing normal day sentences on Facebook. Well, I mean, that is
1: awesome, actually. I should uh, check into that because I, I I hate going back to my, my blog, The Tavern, and looking at it two hours later and go, holy crap. What did I do? And then you have to go back in and edit a change after hundreds of people have already read your mistake.
0: And shook their head saying, Eric, 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 Eric.
1: Eric, Eric, you still don't know the difference between it's and it's, what the heck. Or your and your. <sighs> yeah, that, and, and I know the difference between that one. That is just when I'm typing too fast, it sometimes does it itself. and You're like, uh. Or the fact that whenever I try to spell the name Tim, I always spell it time. Yes, Tim Schwartz. I'm, yeah, I'm to, every I do time I talk about you.
0: I do that too. And when I write Tim, I'll put time by accident.
1: Well, at least it's not me. I feel better now because I that, that was something I so, noticed. And I was like, oh my! And I was try, I really was trying to blame, uh, blogger for that. I'm like, it must be changing Timed. It's making a spell check on its own. No, it's not. It's just my fingers.
0: All right, so one one last thing I've noticed about Kickstarter is how much of an update should you give people and during the time frame? Sam, you have a, uh, I don't know, a 60-day time frame for the whole project that you want to raise the money in. And uh, how many times did you update people? What type of updates do you think is usually the best, Eric, that you've seen based on your uh, pledging and donating?
1: Well, if, if you hit a stretch goal, you should update. Right. People like to know, especially because a lot of times when you hit a stretch goal, you add a new stretch goal for people to look at and go, oh, we could get that one if we really push. And,
0: or and, let's, say, and let's say there's no stretch goals. It's just a straight out project. Someone's like we're trying to raise, I don't know, three grand for his dream right. OSR product, and he's got 60 days to do it. Let's just say he hit the number and he's still got about 30 days left without any updates. Do you think he should have made an update or something? He, or?
1: Sh- he should, because you, you want your people to know that you're still around. Yeah. So let them know where you are in the project. Now, you, you shouldn't, when it comes to updates, right. you should be updating about the progress of the project. All right, we got more art in, whatever. It shouldn't be, uh, if you look at your update, and it's something that looks like a blog post or a, a, a Facebook post, then it probably doesn't belong as an update on your Kickstarter. It probably belongs as a blog or a Facebook post or a forum post. Your uh, update should reflect actually what is progressing with your Kickstarter. And that goes even after funding. If you go silent for six months after it's been funded and nobody hears from you, and you don't sign into your Kickstarter because people can look and say, part to the creator last signed in on... Uh, I don't know, August 27th. It is It is now, you know, middle of September. Where have they been? They'll see. If it looks like you're not interested in your own work, then they're going to see that too. You know, and it's important, like I said, that your updates show what's progressing, what in, if there's an issue, what came up. These are your customers. I know certain... Uh, Kickstarter creators like to say, well, they're not customers. They are... And they're not investors. They are uh, backing a dream. No, no. Uh, No, they're investors,
0: as far as I'm concerned.
1: They're investors slash customers because they are saying, oh, you're promising that you're going to make this product. All right, I'm giving you money in exchange for a future gain of this product. You're not going to give me back cash. You're going to give me back a product. These are your customers. Treat them as such. Right. Because if you ever want to go back to this well... And Kickstarter and all these other uh, crowd-sourced funding methods, yeah, they're well. And sure, that well refills, but your own personal goodwill does not. And if you burn your customers, you've burned that well for you.
0: Well, yeah. Obviously, if you do a successful Kickstarter, you do your updates, you push out the book or whatever successfully, mm-hmm. the, you, the next time you go... Drop a project, those people that actually liked it and thought you did a good job will be like, hey, maybe I'll back Eric again because, you know, Eric did a good job the first time. This is a new, interesting idea, and, yeah, I'll throw him a few bucks.
1: And all that being said, you will never see me run a Kickstarter. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're just afraid because of all the bad karma you're going to get back for all the stuff that you've said. That's all. Oh, no,
1: no, and there was part of that, but it's also. I know me. Yeah. I am uh, disorganized. Blank, blank. Okay. Uh, honest to God, I, uh-huh. I I know my organizational skills, and Kickstarter does not fall into my uh, wheelhouse ballpark. Uh, uh, I'm I'm not I'm not even in the parking lot. All right. I yeah. I know my weakness. So now, could I serve as part of a team on on, on a Kickstarter? Probably, but uh, I I would certainly not run one. If you want advice, I'm, I'm happy to give it. But we've given a lot of good advice here.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't know. I was thinking about doing one with my uh, with my uh, I guess business partner slash friend Fitz for uh, Mazes and Perils, but it's kind of like one of those you know, what are we gonna do type thing. It's kind of scary to you know hit the Kickstarter mode. So
1: oh, Kickstarter. I, <sighs> You are basically putting your hand out and saying, I have a dream. Somebody put money in my hand so I can accomplish it. Oh, Which yeah. is, think about it. That's pretty much what it is. So if you have a dream, that you better present it well. Yeah. But like I said, the best advice out of everything I've mentioned here is first impressions are just that. They're first impressions. They're the only impression a lot of times. Because if you give a bad first impression, people walk away. You don't have an opportunity to get them back. They're gone.
0: Wow. That's a good thing. I, I can definitely, I know about uh, Fitz handling it. He will make sure that the, the thing that we put up to introduce it is going to be written, rewritten, edited, rewritten, and then edited again to for perfection because he's just that damn good about writing. So, Oh, trust right. me, some of the stuff that I've written, he's taken and made into like miracle juice or whatever you want to call it. Awesome.
1: Well, like I, said, like I said, that's it. Your first impressions Uh, you can generate that is is money in the bank or that is uh, a a loan you'll never repay if you screw it up because you you are that screwed if your first impression is that bad. And secondly, don't go into a practice without having, uh, at the very least, uh, a a usable draft that you have. So God forbid... Life happens, you know, uh, meteor comes crashing into uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area, and, uh, <laughs> you know, you're welcome. And there's like no internet for like six weeks or power. And, you know, when it finally comes back up, everyone's like going, oh, well, Vince, you promised us that we'd have updates. It's been six weeks. Well, at least you have you your draft is there as opposed to you losing. Having nothing, at least you can say, well, listen, all right, As we get closer, but listen, I'll I'll show you where we're at. If you don't have that, then you have nothing. And God, what if if you have a writer's block and suddenly your great idea becomes nothing, a blank piece of paper, but you have people's money. Like we said, that kind of happened prior. You don't want to be put in that position.
0: Right. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. It's just one of those things that you have to think about and make sure you do it right. And you notice there's a lot of people that will do Kickstarter and just totally just screw it up and then redo the same exact thing all over again. Yep, and
1: usually they go, "Well, I asked for forty thousand, I raised six hundred and eighty dollars, and it was, I, and I didn't want it to be a failed Kickstarter, so." A day before it would have ended I cancelled it. So since I couldn't get forty thousand, I'm gonna ask for twenty seven thousand five hundred. Listen, you couldn't raise seven hundred before. How are you gonna raise twenty seven thousand? Uh and I've seen this on some stuff that has looked really good and then you you know listen, always read the biography of the people that put these Kickstarters up. Because so sometimes you get the warning sign, like, well, isn't this Kickstarter looks really good? It's this game with great art. And, uh, well, all right, let me read this person's background to figure out why it's not raising money. I left my job in whatever well paying industry to follow my dream of writing games. And this is the first game. Now, they've already tried to Kickstarter twice before, both times failed. First, second time, they, I think they lowered their goal. The third time, they doubled it. Like if you were, like, I'm going to aim big. Maybe if I ask for eighty thousand, I'll get eighty thousand. I. I uh...
0: No, you should you should start with something small, like a two thousand, yes. or maybe even a thousand. I mean, five thousand would probably be a lot, but that's what you know. I would think two thousand. That's something small, might be obtainable. It's a little, maybe a little risky, but enough that if it fails, it fails. What are you going to do? Right. right.
1: See, it, it's it's hard. If it's one thing we're talking about if I did a Kickstarter. If I did a Kickstarter, <gasps> uh, I, uh, and, I, and I'm not, just, just, and I'm just saying, but uh, hypothetically, if I did...
0: Breaking news, I, so Tankar yeah, is doing a Kickstarter. No,
1: no, no. Okay. I, I, this is a complete hypothetical here. But what I am saying is, black if black I black. did, from Tankar's Tavern, my blog, from my online presence, uh, on Facebook, and G+, I would have... Uh, a ba- a base a basic customer base Which makes no sense, but you know what I mean. I I would come into it with a certain amount of a following where I could make an assumption. I'm sure there's a formula for it of how much money I could expect to raise just from those that know me. And if you're not coming into it with uh, a presence in social media, you by doing smaller kickstarters, you are now not just gaining presence in Kickstarter and proving that you can do the work, you're also increasing your profile on social media, which again, raises the number of people who might actually back you because it's you as opposed to some random person. Yeah. See, like, Vince, you are you have uh, a following. You are known. When you do a Kickstarter, there will be people that will go, oh, Vince is doing this? All right, well, I know Vince does good work. And, you know, And you have that basic level of support just because of of it being you now once you do a, a small kickstarter to get your feet wet and now you have other people who go oh wow and i didn't know who vince was before but back to his other kickstarter because it looked cool it was you know it was inexpensive and well he does good work. and then you just build on it it's it's like building a long tail in a lot of ways that's why some companies uh do a lot of kickstarters because each one shows that they can do the work and now you're more confident in their ability to get even further outside the box or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think Mazes and Perils Deluxe, when I finally did that with uh, Fitz, I think that was one of those some people knew about it they, you know, they voted for it to begin with and uh, I guess this that was kind of uh, touching the toe into the water type thing for us. You know, people see, oh well, he did it let's see what he did again and we'll We'll we'll, we'll yeah. check it out, type thing, and like, oh, okay, so it actually did do something. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. So,
1: hopefully... kind of cool. It is cool, dude.
0: Kind of cool. <sighs> Stop. I don't like talking about myself, so that's why I say that.
1: <laughs> no, no, and wait, me. I, and I understand that, but no, it. Uh, Masons and Perils is a very good release, and it's a very good option if you want to do old school gaming. And I think the idea of getting more supplements out for it can just, you know, again, build that tail and be, you can only be good for it. And the fact that it's pretty much compatible with all the old school adventures out there, right out of the box, you don't have to convert. It's an awesome thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I tried to to make it so it was pretty easy for someone to pick up. And and Brian and Fitz, who was writing and editing with me, he also, from his point of view, he looked at it to say, hmm, because he was more into newer games at the time than old school games, and he was kind of one of those people who hadn't played it in a while, so he was looking at it from that point of view, so that kind of helped in a way, too.
1: I think I hear Donka commenting in the background. Glenn's not here. No, Donka. there's no no Glenn here. We're sorry. Mm -hmm. No, Ah, there we go. Special guest appearance
0: by Donka this week, folks. Yeah,
1: and I, I had to say the name Glenn, She's like, where,
0: where? All right. Well, anyway, um, I hope this answered the question to anyone out there. We're looking for kickstarters and getting advice about kickstarters for old school products. And I think we're gonna leave it at that for this week. For a nice, nice little thirty minute show for you, letting you know about kickstarters, giving you some information, and hopefully you'll shoot us an email if you have any more questions. Uh, old School Podcast at dgstexas.com. dot com head over to our website, com and leave us some feedback on iTunes or on the website or via Eric's blog, whatever you want to do, and that is com. See, I said okay. it right this time.
1: Yes, you did. Thank you, sir.
0: We were going to say, uh, well, Eric, what did you think about the uh, last show we had Glenn and Crispy on as the uh, secondary hosts this time? Very good, man.
1: I, yeah. I, I like this. I, I'm really enjoying the whole... Uh set up you you have assembled a good team
0: Kimosabi. awesome well cool uh, we'll be back in from a little and loving game and all that stuff bye Yeah. Uh, bye folks